once I went back to being a one-man show, I just felt a lot of weight off my shoulders. I felt like I was in more control of the business. Again, going back to that control freak thing, you know, I like having control of it. And so it was sort of like this moment of relief where it was just back to me. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26th to November 24th, 2017. It will be full of master minds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. Currently, we are offering a special early bird discount of $400 for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. Don't wait on this one, guys. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Hi, listeners. Today, Vincent Nguyen, the founder of Growth Ninja, joins our show. Growth Ninja is a company that brings your business leads and sales from Facebook ads. The difference between Growth Ninja and every other Facebook ad company out there is that they're paid based on performance. So if they don't deliver results, they don't get paid. On the show today, we have a great conversation with Vincent. What I specifically enjoyed about him is that he is a young entrepreneur just starting out with an incredible mature mindset. I can respect any entrepreneur that wants to be paid based on their performance. Further along in the show, Vincent and I discuss the process of getting comfortable being paid well by our clients and we also touch on how he prefers to work solo over having employees it's an incredible episode and without further ado welcome vincent to the podcast how you doing today good man thanks for having me thanks for coming on the show and i hear you're calling in from london england today london england man long way from home yeah. And Vincent, I have to say, I like your business in your business model. I admire it a lot for a couple of reasons. I like the way you structure it. I was checking it out further in detail today. I like the way you structure it. I like the way you set it up. I like the way you have your clients, the way you pay out your clients, uh, excuse me, the way they pay you. And I love Facebook too and Facebook ads. So we're going to get into detail about Growth Ninja, where it's going, where it's been and what you guys are doing. But first we want to talk about you and learn how you became the entrepreneur that you are today. So we're going to give you the mic and we'll go from there. Sounds good, man. I mean, I'm just a scrawny little 22 year old kid, man. I'm nothing um, impressive. Um, I basically didn't really have entrepreneurial dreams until really late into um, into my I guess my uh, career search because I've I've never really knew what I wanted to do. I mean, hell, I could argue that I probably still don't really know what I wanted to. Uh, but I've basically spent a lot of time just looking around at different you know jobs and career paths and all of that stuff. Until I got this, um, got this idea to kind of just, you know, start something businessy. Like I didn't really know where it was going to lead, but I knew that it would at least get the door open. And so I started this blog back in 2013, and uh, you know, I used it to basically learn a bunch of internet marketing skills. I learned, you know, basic SEO, um, content writing, and how to grow traffic organically. Um, and also how to reach out to influencers. And so, you know, one day I stumbled upon this tweet. As funny enough, because I'm almost never on Twitter. I just happen to be on Twitter this day. And I see this tweet that says, best opportunity I've seen in a while. And so I'm like, all right, that sounds interesting. Why not check it out? 
And that tweet ended up leading me to this company called Empire Flippers. Ah. And they were advertising for this marketing apprenticeship. I'm like, all right, apprenticeship, that sounds awesome. You know, I was at the time an intern for like three companies. And so I'm like, apprentice, that kind of has a different connotation. It's not, oh, fetch me coffee, intern. Not that I was doing that for my <laughs> internship. <laughs> But, you know, it had a different idea. You know, the apprentice learns from the master, that kind of thing. And so I applied and I freaking got the job. I was ecstatic. Um, I worked for great guys. I'm sure you know Justin and Joe. Yeah. yeah. And so I learned a lot from them. And then, you know, just one day at a business conference, I was just surrounded by all these entrepreneurs. Um, you know, everybody asked me what I do, and then they told me what they did. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm an employee. <laughs> you know, I kind of felt like a fish out of water. And then I started thinking about entrepreneurship a little bit more seriously. I said to myself, hey, um, why don't I start my own business? And so, you know, I gave that some thought for maybe two months or so, and then that's when I decided, all right, I'm gonna do it. Um, I don't have that much in savings, but hey, um, I think I was what 19 or 20 at the time. Mm-hmm. If doesn't work out. I just, you know, stay at my parents' house or whatever, and uh, leech off their, leech off their home. No, um, and then I started Growth Ninja just right after I left the company, essentially. So that was kind of a long story, but that's how it. Uh, that's how I was led to entrepreneurship. So did the guys at Empire Flippers know that you were leaving them to start your own business? Yeah, we had actually discussed it my last night in Bangkok. And so I was, I actually remember very well, I was having some drinks with Justin. We were just chatting. He was joking about how, you know, he's like, man, you're going to go back to the States and just kind of like leave us forever. You know, he was (laughs) kind of joking. And he actually didn't even know that I was actually thinking about entrepreneurship because I didn't really tell them yet because I wasn't really sure. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, oh, man, actually now's the perfect time to talk to you about it. So I'm like, hey. Um, I'm actually thinking about starting my own thing. And then, uh, you know, he gave me some really good advice as a friend. He said, you know, um, thus, what you could do is continue working with us, you know, uh, make sure that you still get your, you're still making money that way, you know, you have your uh, expenses covered and all that while you work on your business on the side. Um, I mean, really, it's a really smart idea. It's probably the safest idea as well. But I know myself, I'm, I need to focus on just, you know, one thing. Mm-hmm. And if it's kind of a side thing, I just don't take it seriously. So after, I think, a month or so was when I started to really know that I wanted to do this thing. So I just told them, hey, um, I think I'm actually going to have to go all in on this business thing. Uh, even though I didn't even know what that business was going to be yet. <laughs> so... They were really supportive. I mean, how they taught me a lot, and I really appreciate it. I'm still close to them to this day. Um, we still chat fairly um, frequently, and so they actually came on board as Growth Ninja's first client when I started wow. the business. Nice. There's a couple things I want to address about this, but when you quit, you didn't know, you didn't have the idea for Growth Ninjas or know what you were going to do. You just knew you wanted to start a business. Yeah, man. It was. It was. Uh, I think I was at a, yeah, okay, so I was at a dinner in San Diego one day. Mm -hmm. I was with the other entrepreneurs. We were just kind of hanging out, um, chatting, and I said, hey, guys, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to leave my job right now, start my own thing. Um, Problem is, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? I had an idea for maybe a conversion rate optimization 
kind of thing. And I had them, you know, poke holes in it for me. Said, hey, um, potential issue here, potential issue there. And then one of them just kind of turns to me and he says, hey, man, you're doing Facebook ads for Empire Flippers, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm doing. Um, part of my part of my job. Um, then he says, hey, I need Facebook ads help. I know people who need it. Why don't you start a Facebook ads company? And then across the table, another friend of mine mentioned performance-based pricing. And so I kind of married those two ideals together and boom, you've got Growth Ninja, um, an idea that I didn't even come up with. It was thanks to two other people kind of marrying their ideals together for me and uh, starting the business. How long ago was it, Vincent, that you started? So I think the first day of work of starting Growth Ninja was January 2nd of 2015. Okay, so two years and some months. Okay. And I want to visit this because I think it's so cool, especially for the younger people that want to be entrepreneurs out there to just cut everything off and go go cold turkey because you have very low risk when doing this. Um, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people are just afraid to do that. I did that with my first business. I was working in the mortgage industry and I said, okay, this date I'm leaving and I'm going to mm -hmm. go run my business full time. And people argue back and forth whether it's a good idea or not. And I think it really just kind of depends on the entrepreneur and the, this, the status that they're in. Because if yeah. you have a family and kids that you have to feed, maybe it's not the greatest yeah. idea. But if you're in your early 20s and you've got nothing to lose, like, why not? You know, your backup plan is go home and live with mom and dad. You know, <laughs> uh, what what is there to lose? And, and I think it's, a, a, it's like the burn your boats or burn your bridges story. Are you familiar with that? Um, I think so, but I'm not really 100% sure. So Coronado and the Conquistadores landed on in South America. Coronado told the army to burn all the boats. And he said, here, it, we either have to fight and conquer this continent to get home. And we're going to burn the boats. And there's no way of going back. The only way that you have to live is to fight and conquer this, this country or continent or these people. And it's wow. the same idea, right? So that's what you did. You burned your boats behind you and you went forward into being an entrepreneur. And you didn't have, it's even more cool because you didn't even know what you were going to do. I got to say, I got really lucky with how basically everything aligned, you know? Like, what if I was never on Twitter that day? Yeah. What if, you know, he never even tweeted that? <laughs> you know, what if I never got that job? I think everything sort of led to the next thing. And so that blog led to, the Empire Flippers job, and then Empire Flippers led to me meeting the person who gave me the idea for Facebook ads. And, you know, all of the things I learned from Justin and Joe helped me run the company the way I do to this day. You know, a lot of the mindsets, a lot of the uh, lessons, and the here's what you shouldn't do, here's what you should do in these specific situations. I mean, I really do owe a lot to those guys, and uh, I'm not even sure how I'm ever going to repay them back for this crazy, crazy um, experience and this journey that they've taken me. So hopefully one day I could uh, figure out how to do that to repay them back somehow. Well, imagine if you just keep making the money through their Facebook ads, they'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm uh, so this is a pretty funny story. I recently got into business acquisitions, buying up certain companies. And so I'm now a Empire Flippers customer. <laughs> nice. Very good. Yeah. Came back as the buyer. So, Vincent, tell us more about Growth Ninja and detail what you guys are doing, what you have going on, and um, the payout system that you guys 
work with? Yeah, man. So the general overview is pretty simple. You know, what we do is Facebook ads for other companies. And so we typically work with businesses that are established. They've got a long history of sales. Um, We go in knowing that Facebook ads will work if they have a data that supports that. Um, And so what we actually do is we manage everything on the ad side of things. Right. We don't do the funnels because if we're working with established companies, they've already got these funnels set up. We just want to focus on the traffic side of things. And our pricing is completely performance based. You know, if you're doing a lead generation campaign, we do what's called pay per lead. And so you pay Growth Ninja a flat fee per lead, exclusive of ad spend, of course. That's always separate. And if we're doing direct sales, what we do is we take 15% of revenue generated via our ads and so the whole business is performance based there's no retainer fees there's no monthly fixed cost nothing like that i love that man so when you started this idea and you said somebody at a conference kind of mentioned the performance-based pricing how long did it take to get some clients and get things rolling um i mean let's see here so the first month i think i had signed a few clients but things weren't really started yet until maybe two or three months later um most of my clients came from word of mouth and stuff like that or me kind of privately messaging people mm-hmm. and so of course, empire flippers was my first um that was you know me reaching out to them saying hey here's what i'm doing um would you guys like to come on board and then i th- think that i also signed the person who gave me the facebook ads idea Shortly after, I said, hey, I'm running with it. I'm going to take that idea and actually go full on. Um, can I help you with your campaigns? And so nowadays, most of my clients find me through word of mouth. I don't really do much actively searching for new clients. Um, so I have a lot of people who you know, have worked with me in the past and have sent people my way in the past, and they've seen great results, and so they just kind of continue to send people my way. How long, how long do you think it took to really gain traction to where you said, okay, this is something that I can do and it's going to make some decent money? I think pretty much the moment I got my first invoice paid was when I saw the potential mm-hmm. because it was like, wow, all right, so somebody just paid me for this skill set. Somebody was willing to say, all right, I trust that you know what you're doing. I could see the results here's some money from my own bank account. And so I'm like, all right, so this means there's potential to scale this, to get more clients, to actually grow this into a business that could, um, you know, not make me move in with my parents. I <laughs> myself. And so once that first invoice was paid, it was like this moment of like, oh my God, I think I'm onto something here. And of course, I didn't really know what it would turn into. I didn't know how I was going to grow it. Um, but I knew that there was potential there. Isn't it amazing when somebody pays you for the first time for this idea that you come up with and all of a sudden it's like the clouds in the sky part, you have an epiphany, you're like, wow, this, this is phenomenal. Right, right. Cause as an entrepreneur or a new entrepreneur, I think you go in very insecure, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of, you wonder if you're really worthy of getting that person's dollar. You know, how dare I charge for this? How dare I say, hey, I want you to pay me in order to do this? It's it's a very scary thing. And then 
once you finally break through that sort of um, insecure mindset and you become confident in yourself, you're like, wait, yeah, I mean, this should be paid. I mean, I'm adding value. I shouldn't feel guilty. I shouldn't feel insecure. I shouldn't feel scared to ask to be paid. I should be um, comfortable with asking for, um, you know, hey, this is my skill set. You know, let's make this happen. I agree. Like I have something very similar that I'm challenged with even still today as an entrepreneur. Like I have a guilty conscience. But <laughs> it, it still kind of boggles my mind. These people pay me and they pay me a lot of money. Sometimes I just think to myself, the concept of somebody giving me thousands of dollars right. and trusting me with that much money. I don't know where that comes from. I really, I really, I should probably do some more personal development work and figure out where this thought process generated from and figure out how to get over some of that. But it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy. And then, you know, you grow as time goes on, you get better at it and better at it. And those thoughts really don't entertain you so much anymore. Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope so. We're working hard to pick the minds of higher level entrepreneurs to bring you some applicable tactics for your business. October 26th through November 24th, we will have our most impactful event ever. Four weeks in the northern mountains of Thailand with other successful entrepreneurs that have six and seven figures in annual revenue in their businesses. The experience includes private accommodations, workshops, masterminds, advisors, high-speed Wi-Fi at a beautiful resort complex. And for our listeners, we have a special $400 early bird discount for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. So if you're ready to seriously take your business to the next level, contact us at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now back to the show. Yeah, I feel you, man. I think it comes from, or at least for me, it came from like, you know, I have a lot of people that I really admire in my life. You know, people who I'm like, yeah, they definitely deserve to get paid a lot of money to do what they do. And so I don't, I'm like, I'm not even close to their level. How, how do I, you know, how do I get to their level? And so if I see somebody who I really admire making money, I'm like, wait, so I should definitely be making less than that person because they're so much more brilliant than I am. Mm. It, that like stems from this insecurity, but you know, it's kind of this comparing yourself to others sort of thing. I think it's a, that kind of dilemma. Yeah. And the other thing is we don't, we don't see their insecurities, right? So this person could be making, have a $30 million business and right. just making money hands over fist, right? And say uh, 15 million of it's profitable, but we don't, see them on a day-to-day -day basis unless we're personal friends with them and they're in a space where they can open up to us and share this type of information you know you don't really see that part of them and maybe maybe you're somebody who deserves money more than that person we never know because we're not in a, a space to open up to that so we just we kind of put them on the pedestal and that's cool because it's an image to work for and, or an ideal to work for to grow as a person but at the same time it can be disheartening when you get behind the superhero. Yeah, man. We don't really get to see their moments of, of you know, weakness. holy crap, I'm not sure if this is going to work out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Very true. All right. So Growth Ninja. So it's rock and roll and you guys are a little over two years. How big is your team now? Actually, the team doesn't even exist. I had That's an employee you. for a while and I just realized that it wasn't really necessary. I was actually creating a lot more work for myself just by having an employee um, Mm -hmm. But that's kind of like, I think that's a more of a weakness on my part. You know, I definitely think there's a way to grow this, of course, like any business with the team and make it so that it's less on your plate. 
but that's not a skill set that I really have. I probably gave up on that skill set a little bit too early, <laughs> but I also like the I the fact that I get to you know do everything. I'm very much a control freak. Um, I'm sure Justin and Joe would tell you the same thing, and I like the fact that I'm personally setting up the campaigns. I'm personally checking in on them on a daily basis, and I personally get to message every single one of my clients at least once a week, if not more. What's working in Facebook land these days? Actually, we had Nev Lapwood, who is the founder of snowboardaddicts.com. And I think he's generated over somewhere close to a million in revenue from his Facebook and YouTube that he's doing. And so we talked to him about what he's doing on Facebook. So I'm kind of curious what you're taking your clients through and, and what you've seen working in the great world of Facebook these days. Yeah, so Facebook land often talks about you know, here's this one thing that you just have to do. The issue with Facebook ads, it, it's all so specific to the business itself. And so I could, let's say, take on two new clients tomorrow that are in the exact same space, sell very similar products, and, you know, of course, target the same people. And then I could, let's say, run pretty much identical campaigns, identical ad copy and you know, run the same things through both of them. And yet they'll both have crazy different results. One of them might be super profitable with the video ad campaign while the regular old display campaigns suffering. Meanwhile, the other client could have opposite results where video just absolutely sucks for them. Display works for them. And so my my point with all this is there's really nothing that works universally. It's just basically running the campaigns, letting the data talk to you and let the data guide you where to go next. And so I typically favor non-video campaigns unless the client's product and services and the business itself is very physical. You know, it's, if it's very video-oriented, then the campaigns become a lot of video ads and video ads tend to work best for them. But for the majority of my clients, the regular old display ads working best. And so another thing with Facebook is a lot of people like to hype up retargeting. I mean, it's really, it's really specific to only certain businesses because retargeting is great and all. You know, you'll get great results when you do it. But the issue is it's not super scalable. It's for most businesses, rather. And so unless your company has a lot of traffic, you're going to have to have a lot of cold traffic coming in. In fact, the majority of your campaigns, the majority of your ad budget is going to be cold traffic. And of course, cold traffic grows your warm retargeting audience as well, right? Um, unless your business is probably six figures or more visitors um, per month, then retargeting can be really scalable. But for most of us, we're going to have to do interest targeting and demographic targeting, behavior targeting, and dealing with lookalike audiences and that kind of stuff to really start seeing results. Because the warm traffic's not going to be able to take you to the next level. It's not going to take you from mm -hmm. you know, five figures to six figures by itself if your business doesn't get a lot of traffic already. 
Have you seen like there's a a learning curve for each different business that comes in, Vincent, or have you kind of got it down to where you kind of know that learning curve? So, for example, the people I know that handle their own Facebook ads, they say it takes a few thousand dollars and a few months to really find the specifics for their business before they kind of take off. So I'm kind of curious what kind of results you have seen with the companies you've worked with. So since my process with taking on new clients is making sure that they're a good fit for Growth Ninja, um, it kind of skews the numbers a little bit because since I'm taking on established companies who more often than not already have some sort of paid traffic channel coming in, I already know that Facebook ads is going to be a viable source for them. And so typically if I did my job and, you know, vetted them properly, then the campaign tends to take off almost right away because, you know, the company is doing so well. I'm not saying that, oh, look at me, I'm so amazing, it takes off right away. I'm trying to give more credit to the companies themselves, you know, the clients. And so if you've already proven that pay traffic works, if you've got excellent funnels, if you know your numbers, I mean, it's going to work almost immediately, mm-hmm. uh, more often than not. Now, the ones where I struggle a bit and take a little bit longer to find my groove, that's probably because the company itself hasn't really tried Facebook ads before. And so I'm kind of, you know, I'm I'm figuring things out with them. I'm telling them, here's what's working, here's what's not. Uh, I'm telling them what to tweak, what potential changes we can make. And so obviously, for obvious reasons, my favorite clients to work with are the ones that already have everything sort of figured out. They, they're, uh, they've got the data on the back end. What's your perfect client? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> Am I allowed to have a cop-out answer and just say a client that makes me a lot of money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is that, too, is that too broad? My favorite clients, though, are like, you know, the businesses that I personally really get excited about. You know, I have a, I don't want to be too specific, but I have a client that has a beautifully designed website. He has awesome videos, you know, it's awesome content. It's actually a audience that I personally have a connection to. I mean, I used to be, oh, I'll just say that they target like the Christian community. I'll just say that. I used to be heavily Christian. Mm -hmm. And so you'll even notice that in the comments of their ads, everybody is just the most amazing person ever. Everybody's saying, yeah, you're awesome, you know, um, (laughs) praise the Lord and stuff like that. And they're being friendly to each other. Meanwhile, other industries, they'll be like, ah, screw you yada, 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 I hate my life, I'm going to rant on Facebook. You just don't see that in certain companies. And so those are the ones that I like working with where not only is the entrepreneur founder an awesome person, not only is the business awesome and aesthetically pleasing, but the community that we're targeting is actually happy to receive what we're giving them. That's what I want to see. I don't want to have an ad that's like, oh, don't listen to this person, this product sucks, whatever, even though they've never tried it before or even heard of it until two seconds ago. That drains you after a while. I'm going to try and dig deeper with you, but do you have any that you could possibly share for an example or a case study or even just websites or businesses that you really admire that do this very well? Um, yeah, so the one that I was talking about, actually I could mention it because we did do a case study with them. So Pro Church Tools, they, we, we have a case study with them on Digital Marketer that you guys could check out if you're interested. But you'll see how amazingly designed their website is. In the case study, you'll see how 
they've basically got everything figured out. The whole system moves so smoothly, you know. The audience sees the ad, they click the ad, they see this greatly produced video, they opt in for more information, and then they're just kind of sold more products that are valuable, that are relevant to what they sign up for for free. And so they do a really good job of just being so in tune with their audience, making sure that they know that Pro Church Tools is a you know, a company of real people, people who are there for them, people who are trying to make the world a better place in some way, you know? I'm checking the website out now. And the first thing I notice is it actually kind of reminds me of your site of Growth Ninja, the flow of it. Yeah, man. They uh, recently just did a redesign. So it's uh, it's always improving. They've always kind of have an eye for design because they actually, part of their, um, one of their products is teaching churches how to create beautiful designs. And so obviously they're practicing what they preach, uh, pun intended there. But. <laughs> now we had Quinn Zeta on the show and she spent, I think, six months rebranding her business. And she came on and talked a lot about the concept of one page, one goal, one page, one goal. And this and Pro Church Tools has this big green buttons that say, join the academy, join the academy. And you have that too. And I'm kind of curious, have you seen better results using Facebook ads from the websites that are established like this where there's basically one page one goal yeah i mean anytime we send traffic it's going to be a page that's very dedicated to one goal i don't want to give them a ton of options and so if we're doing lead generation we send them to a page where the only thing they can do is opt-in mm-hmm. if we're doing direct sales that's when it gets a bit more complicated because sometimes we'll send them to directly to product, to the category page, home page, or if, we, if we're going really crazy, if they have a great blog, we'll even send them to a pre-sales page. And then that pre-sales page picks up some sales uh, on its own, and then we retarget people who visited that pre-sales page. So it just really depends there uh, on what they have set up. But yeah, there's always a goal in mind. Now, I noticed something both on your page and Pro Church Tools, neither of you guys have a pop-up for email capture. And I'm wondering the reason behind that. Oh, man, you'll notice that my website doesn't have a blog. It doesn't have an opt-in at all. That contact form is is literally just a contact form. There's nothing fancy behind it. There's no autoresponder sequence. It literally just goes to my inbox, and that's it. And so I'm not sure why um, Pro Church Tools doesn't use a pop-up. I think they're just not too concerned about, you know, they're not going to sacrifice user user interface or friendliness of the uh, design to just collect an email because there are other ways for them to collect the emails, right? We have campaigns running with that sole purpose. So why sacrifice the friendliness of the website, the usability of the website for something that's only going to provide a very small percentage of opt-ins when comparing it to paid traffic that's sending a ton of traffic, you know? Makes sense. Vincent, are you designing the ads? The ads themselves, yeah. And you work with the company and just map out a, a good design or they tell you what you're doing and you do your own design? So let's get specific first so when you say design are you speaking of the ad as a whole or just the image itself well both really so like the image itself and the ad that you'll see on facebook gotcha yeah so that kind of depends on what the clients already got uh part of my next step items when i sign on a new client is hey 
do you have sort of a directory of images that you tend to use or that you know work really well? Um, do you have a swipe file for copy that you know converts? If they don't have that, then generally I'm tasked with kind of doing it on my own because um, that's kind of how I work best. I don't really, you know, back. I don't do the back and forth too well to be honest. I do it, and then I send it to them, and then they give me feedback, and then but there's no like, you know, I don't hop on the call with them and do it live. Um, but my job is pretty easy there a lot of times because a big part of Facebook ads is you want to keep everything as consistent as possible. And so your ad copy and your ad design, the, the actual images, they tend to follow the landing page itself. And so you can't say, you know, seven ways to do this on the ad and then suddenly the landing page says, have you ever blah, 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 here are 10 ways that like, hey, wait, did I click the wrong ad or anything? Mm -hmm. And so our ads often borrow copy with with uh, minor tweaks to make it a little bit more appealing in the ad format, but it's still very similar. There's still the same language being used, the same ideas being communicated. And so a lot of times when I'm designing the copy, I have their landing page open right next to me and just kind of trying to figure out, okay, how do I make this ad compelling? but also keep the language without confusing the visitor who clicks the ad. They have to know that, okay, I clicked this ad. I'm definitely on the right page. This is what I want. So I got to make sure that that's clear, you know. Where's Growth Ninja headed in the next few years? Man, I have no idea. That's a great question. <laughs> I never have the answer to what I'm going to do in the future. I mean, I wish I knew, um, but my my personal sort of point of view for that is I kind of want to figure out a way to sort of keep it at the same workload. Meanwhile, I make more money. I mean, that's kind of the dream, right? You don't right. want to create more work for yourself. I'm not really sure how I'm going to do that, but you know, that's kind of the general idea, I guess, is to grow it without suddenly attacking on another um, you know, <laughs> a huge workload for myself. I know you said you brought on an employee, but uh, I was curious, have you entertained the idea, and I don't know how you paid the employee, but entertained the idea of performance-based results for building a team? Um, no, that's actually a really good idea. But again, I'm not really sure if I want to go down the road of you know, hiring and then training again and then actively managing it. I just, you know, as much fun as it was, it was a lot of hard work and it yeah. was a lot of stress that I was creating for myself. And I think that once I went back to being a one-man show, I just felt a lot of weight off my shoulders. I felt like I was in more control of the business. Again, going back to that control freak thing, you know, I like having control of it. And so it was sort of like this moment of relief where it was just back to me. Um, that, that could change, of course. I might change my mind and decide to create, a, build a team. But definitely right now, my mindset's not quite there. Makes sense. Cool. All right, my friend, anything else you'd like to add before we sign off today? No, man, I think that's pretty much it. If the listeners want to reach out, where's the best place they could do that at, Vincent? Yeah, so my email is vincent at growthninja.com. Um, I don't really use Twitter or anything like that, so I don't really have a social media profile that they could go to. Um, but yeah, of course, check out growthninja.com, the website itself. And if you want to reach out, then the contact form is right at the bottom. 
And like I said, you won't be added to an email autoresponder. <laughs> Vincent, we want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show and thank you for sharing your tips and your tricks and your wisdom and all about Growth Ninja with us. We really appreciate it. No problem, man. And thanks again for having me. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for joining us on the podcast once again. We'll see you on the next episode and goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven-figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.